0: Just before starting the Sikha, we'll just go through a few of the psukim that the Rebbe is dealing with in the Sikha, And that will help us to be able to understand what the Rebbe is saying. So in the very, very end of the Parsha, the Possex says, Moshe Rabbeinu goes up onto the mountain, and the cloud covers the mountain. Rashi actually gives us two opinions over here when this is even talking about. Is this talking about the days before Matan Torah, or is this talking about right after Matan Torah? The posse goes on to say, how the glory of Hashem is on Har Sinai, and Vayichaseyu HaOnon, which again, based on these two opinions, whether it's referring to the cloud covering the mountain, or covering Moshe Rabbeinu, so the posse says, covered for six days, Hashem calls out to Moshe Rabbeinu on the seventh day from the cloud, then the posse says, the glory of Hashem was like a fire, on the top of the mountain, in front of the eyes of all the Bnei Yisrael, Moshe Rabbeinu comes into the cloud, and he goes up to the mountain, and the Moshe Rabbeinu is on the mountain for forty days and forty nights. So the Rebbe starts off the Sikha by quoting this last pasuk, where at the end of the parsha it says Besoycha ha'onah the Moshe Rabbeinu goes into the cloud, and says that Rashi tells us that Onon said this cloud was was like a smoke. And in the next Sif, the Rebbe is going to elaborate more and bring more of this Rashi. And the Rebbe's first questions are. That seemingly, we know the concept of an onon, onon is a cloud, that's usually the way it's translated. Now, Oshon, Oshon is smoke, and these are seemingly completely separate things. Not only that, but they're actually opposites to each other. Onon comes from water, whereas oson, smoke, is coming from fire. So says the Rebbe, first of all, where is Rashi even getting this from? That onon over here should be translated, or is different than the way it's usually a cloud. Here it's like a smoke. And secondly, says the Rebbe, was even the problem? What's even the question in Pshut Shal Mikra that Rashi needs to come to explain? Then now the Rebbe goes on and quotes the next part of the Rashi. That Hashem makes for Moshe Rabbeinu a Shvil, a special path inside of this Onon. The Rebbe says the source for this is in the Gemara. But in the Gemara it's actually coming to answer a contradiction that seemingly is between two Psukim. We have one pasuk which is a pasuk much later on in Pashas Pekudei, where the pasuk says, Moshe Rabbeinu is not able to go into the oil Moyet because there's a cloud resting over the oil Moyet. On the other hand, we have over here the Posik where it says, Moshe Rabbeinu is able to go into the cloud. So is Moshe Rabbeinu able to come into a cloud or not? For this says the Gemara, that in the yeshiva of Rabbi Shmuel who was taught, that the Posik says over here, that Moshe Rabbeinu comes besoich ha'onon. What's this word besoich? So we learn from another passage where it says besoich, this is by Kriyas Yamsuf, where the Yidn go besoich hayam. Now there we know that Hashem made a path for the B'nai Yisroel in the midst of the sea, as the posuch says, Vahamayim lohem the water was like a wall for the Jewish people on the right and on the left, so there's a path in between. So says the Gemara, so to over here Hashem makes a special path for Moshe Rabbeinu inside the cloud. So that's in the Gemara. But in Rashi, we can't say that this is what ra- bothering Rashi as well, this contradiction of the Psukim, because this contradiction will only come up later, when the possek will say, V'loh Yochum a mo'she, I mean, who's not able to go into the oil Moyed, because of the cloud, this is a Pesuk again, only later in Pashas Pekude. So if anything, Rashi should have dealt with this contradiction, over there, rather than over here. So we must say, that what Rashi is bothered by, or Rashi is coming to answer, is how is Moshe Rabbeinu able to come into a cloud? And that's why Moshe, in other words, not because of the other pasach, just within this pasach itself. And this is what Rashi is saying, that Hashem makes him a special path. And it's not only because later there will be this pasach of that Moshe Rabbeinu can't come into the oil moed because of the cloud. Rather, it's because we have a difficulty right over here. How could Moshe Rabbeinu be entering the cloud? So the question on this is, Seemingly, there shouldn't be any problem of Moshe Rabbeinu going through a cloud. Rashi had told us already earlier, this is in Pashas Yisroi, on the pasuk of Moshe nigash el Arofel, Moshe approaches the arafel, which is usually translated as a fog. Rashi says Moshe Rabbeinu enters three partitions, choshech, darkness, on on a cloud, va'arafel, in other words, Moshe Rabbeinu is able to cross, able to pass, not only the cheshach, the darkness of the cloud, but even a ruffle. What's a Rashi himself tells us it means avon and it means a really thick cloud. And yet over there, Rashi had no problem and didn't have to tell us how could Moshe Rabbeinu go through this, which tells us that Ben Hamish Lemikra has no difficulty with this. How is Moshe Rabbeinu able to go through a cloud? The Rebbe says we see this practically and clearly. There's no problem to go through a cloud even if there's no special path. So why is it suddenly over here that Rashi is bothered by this going through the cloud where Rashi has to give us an explanation and tell us that Hashem makes a special path for him. So the Rebbe says the explanation is what's bothering Rashi in Pshut Mikra is that as we quoted before these psukim started with a posig that the cloud covers the mountain. If that's the case, it's then quite simple and obvious that when the pasuk says Moshe Rabbeinu goes up onto the mountain, clearly he's going into the cloud. So why does the pasuk now say suddenly again, Vayavai Moshe, Moshe Rabbeinu is going besoy ha'onon in the cloud. We know there was a cloud. If it says Moshe Rabbeinu went up on the mountain, then clearly it was in the cloud. Before dealing with this, the Rebbe now looks, in the square brackets, the Rebbe looks at the words Vayal Elohor. Doesn't, isn't this also seemingly redundant? Why does the Pesach have to repeat the words Vayal al if it's said before already Moshe Rabbeinu went onto the mountain? So the Rebbe explains this, that this is not a problem, and the Rebbe looks at both opinions that Rashi brought before on that Pesach that we quoted right in the beginning. According to the first opinion, since Vayavoy Moshe, the Moshe Rabbeinu comes and he goes up, etc., is on the day of Matan Torah. So we can understand why the Pesach is repeating it again. Because in between, the pasuk had interrupted with some things that happened before Matan Toira. The Pesach says, Vayichaseyu, that it covered him for six days, which Rashi, according to that opinion again, explains that this is going from Rosh until Matan Toira. Hashem calls out to Moshe Rabbeinu on the seventh day. So therefore, because we had these few psukim in between, with some things that happened during those days, so it the Possek is now repeating again that Moshe Rabbeinu was going up on the mountain. So that's not a problem why it says that he goes up again. Certainly says that according to the other opinion, the Vayal is actually a different Vayal. Be, it's not the same one. The first time it's speaking about the Moshe who goes up right after Mountain taira and now when the pasuk is repeating Vayavi Moshe b'Soichah Anan Vayal Allahar, is going to be the seventh day at. In other words, it's a number of days after Mountain taira so it's a different Vayal. But why does the pasuk have to say again that it's in a cloud? We know that there was a cloud on the mountain. Says the Rebbe that itself tells us. So when the pasuk is saying b'Soichah in this pasuk, it's not referring to the same cloud that was mentioned in the earlier psukim. And therefore the question arises, what is this cloud all about? And that's why Rashi tells us that Anon said this cloud, meaning the cloud that's being discussed over here, not the cloud that was mentioned earlier. The previous cloud was a regular cloud. But this Anon is kamin Oshon was more like a smoke. In other words, the cloud that was mentioned in the earlier, psukim and in the earlier is in fact Rashi didn't explain anything what it is, because that's understood simply. That's an Anon means a cloud. This is the cloud in which Hashem's glory is, so to speak, being expressed and coming into. And just like we know, when the pasuk said is about the Amudon, the pillar of smoke, that Amudon, sorry, this pillar of cloud, that accompanied the Eden, the pasuk says, Hashem hoylech em Hashem was, going in front of the Eden during the day, with that cloud, and at night with a fire to illuminate for them. In all of these cases, a the cloud means simply a cloud. Says Rashi, but in our possek, the Anon must be something else. Because as we said, the possek would have said already earlier that there was a cloud on the mountain. So Rashi says here we must be saying something, it's referring to something else. And Rashi therefore says that Anon, when it says Anon over here, we're speaking about Kimin Ashan, it was more similar to a smoke. Now, why should Rashi say, yes, it's different, but why like smoke? Says the Rebbe, what's forcing Rashi to say this is. What says in the previous p'sukim, in within these psukim itself, the Rebbe says, between the Posuk of El Moshe, that Hashem calls out to Moshe, and then it says, Moshe I mean, comes into the cloud, we have the following Posuk, which we quoted earlier. Umare Kvod Hashem, the glory of Hashem, the sight of the glory of Hashem was like a consuming fire at the top of the mountain. And the question is, this posuk seemingly should have said before El Moshe, so it says, V'yikrel Moish, Hashem calls to Moish, and then starts describing about the glory of Hashem like a consuming fire. Seemingly, this should have been before when it said that the glory of Hashem was resting on the mountain, etc. It should have described how it's ke'eshechel, it's like a consuming fire. Why is it being said now, By after it says, that Hashem calls out to Moish, Rabbeinu on the seventh day from the cloud. And again, the Rebbe looks in the square brackets over here at the two opinions that we mentioned before. The Rebbe says, needless to say according to the opinion that Vayikra El Moshe was on the seventh day after Matan Torah, where Hashem is calling to Moshe Rabbeinu to go up onto the mountain to get the Luchos. So the Vayovoy Moshe, when it says Moshe Rabbeinu, goes into the cloud. So this is in response to this calling of Hashem. So then definitely there doesn't seem to be, doesn't seem to fit between the Vayikra El Moshe and Moshe Rabbeinu coming up, fulfilling this call that in the middle it should say, Umarik Vod Hashem, describing how the glory of Hashem, or the sight of Hashem, is like a consuming fire. It says the Rebbe, even according to the first opinion, that Vayikra El is referring to before Matan Torah, it's Hashem calling out to Moishe Rabbeinu, actually to say the Aseris Adibris. And in fact, it wasn't only to Moishe Hashem is going to say the Aseris Adibris, of course, to all the yidn This is just a special honor that Hashem is giving Moishe Rabbeinu, calling out to him. And it's not that Hashem is calling him now to go to the mountain. And therefore, when it does say later, it's actually a separate point. This is not related to Hashem calling out to him. Nevertheless, it would still seem to fit that the, the words, should have said earlier, not after Hashem calling to Moisha, but earlier when we speak about Hashem's glory on the mountain. So again, just to summarize the point where we're up to, the question is, Hashem calls to Moisha. First it speaks about Hashem's glory resting on the mountain. And then it says, Hashem calls to Moshe. And then suddenly it's describing again, Hashem being like a consuming fire. This pasuk should have said earlier. Therefore, says Rashi, this possek when it's describing Hashem like a consuming fire, is actually here because it's about to describe Moshe Rabbeinu coming into the cloud. And this is an introduction to that pasuk. Right, the pasuk is telling us over here how this cloud is actually different than the previous cloud of the previous pasuk oh, it says earlier in the psukim and that's why, the, as we said before the pasuk is about to tell us again it comes into a cloud which we said is a different cloud in what way is this cloud different? ah, because it's as a result of what we just said that that Hashem is appearing like like a consuming fire and therefore the cloud that follows afterwards, says Rashi, it's like a smoke. Because where smoke comes from, smoke is coming from a consuming fire. In other words, now we understand the flow of the psukim again. Earlier on it spoke about a cloud, that was a simple cloud. Then the Pasek starts speaking about a consuming fire, and then mentions again a cloud which seemingly didn't have to be mentioned. We now understand this cloud is coming as a result of the fire, and therefore Rashi is telling us that it's like a smoke says that, but now we can also understand the diuk in the pasuk. Why when we want to describe the glory of Hashem, we understand it. we want to describe it as a fire. Why Why does it have to sound like a consuming fire? We want to describe the glory of Hashem, the sight of Hashem. It's enough to say that it's like a fire. So what's this idea of emphasizing ke'eshe cheles? But now we understand it very simply. Since the point of the posseg is coming to explain what does it mean when it says in the next by posseg that this cloud is not just an ordinary cloud. It means smoke. And that that's coming from this great sight of the glory of Hashem. So that's what, which was like a fire. So the posseg needs to explain and say, ah, because it was like a consuming fire. Because where does smoke come from? It's not coming just from the fire. It doesn't come from fire alone, from fire itself. It's coming from when fire is consuming, destroying and burning something, whatever the fire is, whatever the fuel of that fire is, that's what's causing the smoke. In fact, says the Rebbe, the, the truth of the matter is generally the fire of above is not Aisha, it's not consuming, like we had by the snare. That Mosha Rabbeinu sees the snare on fire, and yet it's not being consumed. And that's specifically why the Pasak has to emphasize and say that in this case it was Aisha Kheleus who was a consuming fire which therefore would be producing smoke. Says the Rebbe, now we could also finally understand why Hashem makes a special path for Moishah Rabbeinu and why Rashi has to tell us that there was a path made for Moishah Rabbeinu in, the, in this Anon, specifically in this Anon, which was like a smoke, differently, different to all the other clouds which we never had to say that there was a path made. Says the Rebbe, if Anon over here in our Pasuk would mean like all the other Psukim, that it means a cloud, so therefore, of course, there's no need to say why Hashem needs to allow, make a special way for Moshe Rabbeinu to go through the cloud. As we said before, Moshe Rabbeinu was even able to go through the arufel through a thick cloud. But since we're now saying that the onan over here is really more of a smoke, now smoke, because of the soot that's inside of it and the things that are being burnt, the fuel that's being burnt up by it, what usually happens when someone goes through smoke or something goes through smoke, it's going to become all smoky, all black, all dark, both the person that's going through and the, his clothes. And therefore, says that, it there can be a tremendous question. How is it possible that Moshe Rabbeinu should be looking completely um, blackened by the smoke, as he goes up to the mountain to speak to Hashem to receive the Luchos, which would seem would seemingly be completely not a, a, a covered way to go to Hashem. As the Rebbe points out in the Ha'oros, we know before davening, a person has to wash himself, etc. This is why Rashi says that Hashem made a special path for Moshe Rabbeinu through the smoke. So Moshe Rabbeinu is able to go through this path in a way that the smoke itself is not impacting him in any way. Says the Rebbe, the question still remains. Number one, Why then does Rashi say that it's like a smoke? Seemingly, if it's a a consuming fire, consuming fire has smoke, so then it's literally smoke. Why only like a smoke? Also, why does the Pasig then describe it as an onon, as a cloud, rather than just saying that Moshe Rabbeinu comes into the the smoke? says, there ever the explanation is. Har Sinai, as we know, is in the desert, Midbar Sinai, especially the very top of the mountain, That's where the glory of Hashem was like a consuming fire. So this is a place where there are no trees and plants and grass growing. This is a place of stones, earth, dust. Now smoke is specifically, as we said before, when it's consuming something that can be consumed, something that's regularly burnt up, like for example trees will produce lots of smoke. But this obviously doesn't apply when there's a fire going on in the doimim, in the inanimate, like the stones in the earth. This is why Rashi says that this was not a regular, literally regular smoke, but rather, Kiminoshan was like smoke. In other words, the cloud, the onon, that, that which is coming as a result of the burning up of the doymim over here on Har Sinai, was just like smoke. In other words, like a regular smoke that comes up from plants that are being burnt up from the ash, from the fire. In this case, it's only similar to that. It's not the same kind of smoke. Says the Rebbe, because this is not a regular, natural kind of smoke, that's also why the Torah doesn't refer to it as Ashan, but calls it an Anun. The Rebbe now turns the to Yenushal Torah to the Chsidis, which we could find in this Rashi. And the Rebbe says, the idea of the smoke by Matan Torah, by Har and by Matan Torah, actually we have a posse clearly in Parshas about smoke on Harsinai. By Harsinai, Ashan Kuloi was completely in smoke because Hashem came down and was in fire. Yet an hour parsha, The Pasuk uses the term "anon." It's a cloud. So what's going on? The Rebbe explains. The idea of, of, of smoke, as we said before, is coming from the thing that's being burnt up, because we have something, a physical materialistic thing, and the fire is consuming it, and that is causing the smoke to come out. But says the Rebbe, if that's the case, there's going to be different kinds of smoke, different levels in smoke. It's going to depend on the material that's being burnt up. When the thing being burnt up is something of a more refined, a thinner and smaller type of thing, which is going to burn quicker also, so then the smoke itself is going to be not so thick, not so coarse. It's going to be a more of a thin and refined type of smoke. On the other hand, when what's being burnt up is going to be something thicker, something bigger, and is going to burn for longer, as we said. So also the, th- the smoke is going to be a much, much thicker, coarser, heavier, bigger smoke. Says the Rebbe. From this, we understand that when you look at the smoke in any particular case of anything, this is actually going to express to what extent the thing being burnt up, how thick or coarse it is, that's going to be expressed, and how much is being consumed the way it's being consumed. And the Rebbe says, just like that's true, Bagashmi is the same thing as true Beruchnius. When we speak about things in this world being consumed, so to speak, becoming bottled, completely nullified and absorbed in elikus, as a result of a, a great revelation and fire from above, so the yeshus, the the the, the, the metzius of the world itself is being consumed, is being taken away from its from its existence. And it's coming to a level of nullification and connection and being consumed inside of Hashem with a complete yearning and desire, etc. And Beruchni is, that's the concept of Ashan. That's the concept of a smoke representing that the Yeshus of the world is completely being nullified right now. But now we're going to have a difference and now we're going to understand the difference between these psukim. The first pasik that's discussing by Matan Torah, when it said, Vahar Sinai Kule, the whole mountain, is smoking. This is speaking about at a time of Matan Torah. Since the Gili Likus of Matan Torah was in a way of Milmailo Lamata, was from above. As the Passoc says, it's when they say Asher Hashem, Allah Hashem, Bo'esh Hashem came down to in fire. In other words, it's a Gili only coming from above, whereas the world itself was still very uh, physical, very materialistic. It's not so refined yet. So therefore, the Gili Likus, that godly revelation, that's happening from the world becoming nullified and absorbed in, in Elikos, is in a way of a har sinai ocean cooler, which means the whole mountain is on smoke. There's a lot of smoke. There's a tremendous amount of smoke, which represents this idea that the world itself was, as we said, a more coarse thing, not so refined yet. And therefore, there's more smoke. On the other hand, in our Pasha, where we're speaking already in the time after Matan Torah, after the world was elevated, refined through Matan Torah, that had an impact on the world already. So the world itself is not so thick and coarse anymore. And therefore, when the Apostle says, Kvoid Hashem the, glo- the sight of the glory of Hashem was like fire. And it causes an unknown, we said. In other words, it's not mamish smoke. Rather... Because it was much, th- because it's so thin, it's not being called an oshan. It's not being called smoke. It's being called an onan. It's being called a cloud. Which represent, represents that there isn't so much this idea of so much of that world being, um, consumed. There's much less of the world, so to speak. There isn't that much this idea of aliyah mulmatulam Comes along Rashi in Yenish and he reveals, no, this cloud is also like a smoke meaning to say that its idea is not only about a gili-elikus milamailo, as similar to the way the cloud was in the previous psukim, but rather this cloud is coming also as a result of the fire, the glory of Hashem, which is like a fire. In other words, the elikus is being poiled, a certain bitle, in the mitzvahs of the world, but Rashi says it's kimin-oshon. What does this mean? In other words, even in this case, there is still some sort of cla- uh, some sort of smoke. What a smoke! Smoke is representing, in other words, there is still some sort of dust, some sort of um, some sort of of the soot that we said before, some sort of the 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 dust that's happening as a res- and ashes that's happening as a result of materialism being consumed. Be- what does what what this mean? Since the purpose of Torah is to make the world a place for Hashem, and therefore this onon, in this case which Moshe Rabbeinu needs to go through to receive the Luchos, to receive the Torah and then bring it down below, is Kimin Ashan. In other words, it's also a Gilui from above that's causing some sort of um, nullification in the, in the world. So what's the difference between this one and the previous Ashan? So the Rebbe explains, being that it's after the Gilui of matan toira, which already caused the general purification in the world, the general Bittu in the materialism of the world, so therefore, it's not the same kind of oshan, the same thick smoke, so to speak, as we smoke, We, as we said before in the beginning of Matan Torah, but rather it's only kimin oshan, it's only similar to a smoke, but still some smoke there is because the whole point is taking the world and bringing it closer to Hashem. And the Rebbe now concludes with the ha'iro in our Avodah. The Rebbe says there are some people that argue. Why do I have to get involved with the lowliest things? If I even have to lower myself down, isn't it enough, or it should be enough, that I'm getting involved with things that are more like the level of the animal, chai, or even plants, but to go to those areas of the world which are lit, uh, the, the lowest, like in the category of doymim, of the inanimate, in other words, the things that are the most coarse and materialistic, things that seemingly don't show any sort of vitality, any sort of highest any sort of life. In fact, these are things that even when the fire of Hashem is shining on its own, it's not a, it doesn't have the nature to be a Kaili, to become completely burnt up by this fire, to be caught up by this fire. The Rebbe quotes over here a Zoya that Dal the Rebbe says in Tanya that sometimes when something is so thick and coarse, you need to break it up first. So seemingly this is the lowliest of the low, this is the doimim. And yet we say that we need to cause that smoke, we need to cause that elevation, even in these lowliest things of the doimim of the world. Because this is the whole purpose of Matan Tohida, that, that this idea of the ocean, the smoke, the consumption, and the aliyah, this elevation of the, material, of the materialism of the world should be accomplished not only in the tzoymeach, and the plant, but even in the mountain, even in that level of doymim. Says the dead, but one could still argue, there's a concept called amis'abek imenuvel, if you start wrestling and fighting with someone that's dirty, you're going to get dirty yourself by the avoid of trying to get this Oshon, this smoke, even into these lowliest things. So it's very possible that we might get messed up ourselves. In other words, we might get dirty ourselves, soiled ourselves. So isn't it better not to get involved with these things? So the Rebbe says two points. Number one, as Rashi says, Hashem made a path for Moshe Rabbeinu inside, which means that each and every one of us have a Moshe Rabbeinu inside of us, the Sham of the Yid, and it will never get soiled. It will never get messed up. It always remains clean. Because it's always going through a path. There's always this idea that it's connected to Hashem. It's always faithful to Hashem. And is never really soiled and blackened. And never impacted. But the Rebbe says furthermore, but even in the more revealed faculties of the person, not only the Neshama, really don't get blackened, soiled, from that, from that smoke. Because in truth... Let's look at the words of Rashi. Rashi says, Kimminoshan, it's only like a smoke. It's not really black, dirty smoke. It's only seemingly looking like smoke. In other words, the fact that the world could even seem to be a blockage, a concealment of Likus is only Kimin, it's only like, it's only there so that sh- we should be able to have the concept of free choice because clearly if we see right away the, the emus, there would be no room for truth. And therefore it's only kimminoshan, it only seems to be that there's a blockage of the world. Furthermore, says the Rebbe, since the whole point of concealment is always there for the purpose, for a purpose of Kedusha, in truth, if we look at this ashen, what is it really? It's really an onan. it's really a cloud, a cloud of Kedusha. In other words, yes, it looks like ashen. it looks like smoke, it looks like something materialistic, that even after it's burnt up, there's still some blackness, there's still some dirt, which may cause the person to become dirty. But that's only what it seems like to our eyes of flesh, to our physical eyes. But the Pnimi is what it's really is, a cloud of Kadusha, Because the whole purpose of it was only that there could be an additional light in Kadusha. says the Rebbe here is the Hoyerah. That we must get involved and go through this ocean, so to speak, this smoke. but And only through that could one go ahead and receive the Totem. I should have been after this goes and receives the Luchos. And that's referring both to Moshe Rabbeinu. And so to in each and every one of us, the Moshe inside of us, receiving the Torah after this introduction, that Moshe Rabbeinu gets involved and goes through this Anon. And this Anon, as we said, was more like a smoke. And he needs a path to go through it, but it's specifically through this that he has to go. And even though, yes, temporarily, on the external level, it seems to be a concealment, but it's specifically through this, as the apostle goes on to say, that he's on the mountain for 40 days and 40 nights and gets the Torah, in its entirety. And then this con- he brings us down also into his own body, into his own portion of the world. And this is as it says right after Mishpatim, we go into Pasha's Trumo, where it says, v'shachanti We take from the physical things, from the gold and the silver, we make it a holy place for Hashem, a mikdash for Hashem. And through this is fulfilled the Kavannah the purpose that the Hashem has created the world because Nesava Baruch Hashem had the desire to have a dwelling place down here in the lowliest world.